Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Jenna. Jenna Fay is an online business coach and strategist for conscious female entrepreneurs. With her soul meets strategy methods and training, she helps her clients to scale their business in an aligned way to create more impact, income, and freedom without the burnout or overwhelm. Jenna is a full-time digital nomad who travels the globe with her fiance while they run their businesses, which sounds glorious. I have four children. That would never happen for me. <laughs> I was like, and a husband in the military, so I just don't, but that does sound glorious. I'm like, I live vicariously through people like you, Jenna. Um, so Jenna, when you applied to me in the podcast, you said that you had a, a rocky a, a rocky time in your life that went on about six-ish years ago. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much first for having me on. And yes, it's been quite a journey. If we jump back um, to about that time in my life, things were incredibly different. I mean, in really all all areas, business-wise, I was working in a corporate job. I was not particularly fulfilled, but I had just kind of done everything I thought I kind of should in my life leading up until that point. So I'd gone and gone to school, gotten a degree, gotten into a corporate job, and then on the lifestyle side of things, I was really burnt out. I was 60 pounds heavier. I was in a seven-year really abusive and toxic relationship. Like I had no self-confidence. I was basically just going through all the motions on autopilot, but totally disconnected from myself and not really sure how I would ever create any sort of shift in my life. Yeah. So October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I don't know if you know that. Um, so just on that kind of note, tell us a little bit about that relationship. Like, you know, what was it like? You know, how did it, how did it get started? Some people hear like abusive, toxic relationship and they're like, what is, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Because it's totally unique from situation to situation. In my specific story, um, the relationship I was in for seven years started when I was incredibly young. I was 17 years old um, when we moved in together, and I became a stepmom at 17. Wow. And spent, yeah, and um, the person that I was in a relationship with, um, I mean, in terms of toxicity, was an alcoholic. There was gambling addiction. There was a lot of verbal abuse and some physical abuse. I mean, the relationship ended with a police order, um, and also, you know, $25,000 in debt from paying legal fees, um, from custody battles, and all sorts of different things that went on. So it was kind of in all areas, I mean, definitely verbally toxic um, in terms of things that were being said. And I look back at that point in my life, though, and also realize it was a direct reflection of where I was at. You know, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't feel worthy. So at the time, like, I felt like that was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I didn't really see any way out of the relationship. Like, for me, it was really fulfilling the fact that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I was in this relationship as well as caretaking so many other people in my life as well, where it was everything from grandparents to friends to other family members. Um, but I look back and realize that for me, it was because I didn't really want to take a, a true look at myself. So 
I was almost feeling a need for myself and the only weird way by being in this toxic relationship, which I can get very passionate in talking about because there's so many people, men and women, that end up in relationships where there's domestic abuse, there's toxicity, and I think some of the time it's something that we're willing to accept and we're kind of putting ourselves in the situations, but there's also so many different kinds of circumstances where a lot of the time when we're really in it, we don't feel safe. We don't feel that there's a path or a way out of that relationship. So whether we're consciously choosing to be in it or not at the time, it can be a really scary situation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a domestic abuse survivor as well. So I completely understand. And um, all this month, actually, I'm sharing every Friday a different type of abuse on the podcast. So people can know because, you know, when you hear emotional verbal, you may not be able to identify that and see, oh, wow, that's really happening to me. Or maybe like somebody like me growing up, that's what I was, I was shown. My parents were very verbally and emotionally abusive and manipulative to each other as well as my sister and I. So I thought that was normal. So when my ex started doing it to me, I was like, oh, okay, this is just what life's like. And you're right. Like a lot of people in those kind of situations, we don't know that there's a way out. We we get to the point where we believe that we deserve it. Like somehow yes. we have like come to that that decision. Um, you also didn't have the best relationship with your parents, am I right? Yeah, you know, it's been. I, I have a good relationship with my parents, but I also had you know a lot of healing and self work that I've done mm-hmm. from my childhood where. I wouldn't say I had a, a traumatic childhood experience, but I also wasn't really fully supported. I had a lot of things going on in my childhood that really led me to, you know, being an only child as well, to feel like I was kind of self-parenting myself in a lot of situations yeah. where I, I just, I didn't have the support. I didn't necessarily have like neglect or trauma or abuse, but in its own sense, like I was kind of like left to my own self to figure out my path and figure out my way. Yeah, that can be really, really difficult. And I can see how that would, you're like, I never got the chance to be a kid. I had to kind of yeah. parent myself the whole time. I, I've kind of felt like that after my parents divorced that I had to parent my younger sister. Um, yeah. So I, I understand that where you're just like, can I just be like a kid and, and do the kid things and not have to worry about all these adult decisions, but making those decisions early on can be really tough. So you're in a in a toxic relationship. You've had to be an adult since you're you're younger, you know, yes. make adult decisions. So where was the breaking point? When was the point where you're like, this this is enough, enough is enough. Like this is this is out of control. Yeah, there was there was a couple main ones, but I would say the biggest breaking point for me was about three years ago this month since I exited that relationship and kind of leading up until that point, you know, still my corporate job, I'd started to shift my confidence. I'd started losing weight. I had started to take a little bit more care about myself. So my confidence had increased a little bit. And I just hit this breaking point, at least in the relationship side of things, where I knew it was time to leave. Like I, I was that kind of person where I had said many times I was going to leave right. from, you know, when I got cheated on to when there was abuse to all of these different things. But I never really left because I had gotten really comfortable being uncomfortable that to actually 
make some sort of change just seemed even more crazy than to just stay in the situation. But there was this one particular day I had moved into a new house with my ex at the time. We were just about to get custody of his seven-year-old son. And I realized that I was going to be a single mom to somebody else's child. Like at that point, my ex was binge drinking every day. He was never around um, gambling. Like it was just, we had lived in a new house together for six weeks. And I think he'd been home like three times. Mm -hmm. And I just had this breaking point when he had come home and the middle of the night and it turned really ugly and something just snapped inside of me where I was like this is it like this is the final time and for whatever reason at that point subconsciously and consciously I just thought can't do it anymore and nobody really believed me that that is the decision I was making at the time but I followed through on it and then everything started to kind of happen faster at that point you know I shortly after within a year of that is when I had left my job I had started really jumping full-time into entrepreneurship and everything just started shifting after that one kind of focal point what do you think has been the the thing that has helped you the most make a shift from feeling hopeless and helpless and stuck in your situation to now you seem very inspired and empowered and you're obviously helping other women do the same thing you know, feel that way, I should say. What what was the biggest thing for you? For me, it was kind of just getting over my own bullshit. I hope I can swear on this. You can. <laughs> but, it's you know, I, I love yeah, swearing. I, um, I finally just kind of got out of my own way. I realized that in all of these different situations, from the job I was in to the relationships I was in to, you know, the fact that my friends called me Mother Jenna, and it wasn't even in a mothering way, but it was like I was just that to everybody. But I didn't actually have my own identity. I was hiding behind everything by taking care of everybody else. And when I had this breaking point, I started to realize that I didn't really know who I was. Like if somebody asked me who I was at my core, I, I wouldn't have been able to use a single word to describe myself. So it was like all of a sudden I was on this new journey of getting to know who I was. And some big parts of that were entrepreneurship, because that was the first kind of glimmer of, oh, I could do something different. I could be somebody else. So that was a big part of it, changing my surroundings, you know, in terms of who my influences are, who I surrounded myself with, started to shift my mindset for me, and just embarking on this journey of being a student, basically, you know, of like, learning as much as I could and absorbing as much as I could from books to podcasts to going to events, just anything and everything. It was like an addiction all of a sudden of finding myself and creating these shifts for myself because I finally felt that confidence level that at least I could do it. Right. I think that confidence portion is so hard. And some people are like, I've never been confident. And I'm like, it's like a muscle. You have, it to, is. You have to practice it and it'll grow stronger. Then you fake it till you make it, right? You just you yeah. put yourself out there and you do what you need to do. And then you eventually start feeling that confidence. And you're like, oh, I can do this. Look at me. This is amazing. So how did your friends and family react to this new Jenna, this Jenna that's making all these shifts and changes? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, on the family side of things, they just don't really get it. And I've come to accept that. And that's okay. It doesn't mean they're, they don't support it. They just don't really get it. Um, but in terms of friends, I've seen quite, quite the split. I have some friends who have really stuck with me throughout it. It's really strengthened our friendship. You know, me being on this personal growth journey, the entrepreneurial journey, the digital nomading journey. But there's also a lot where you start to realize that, um, 
it can be very surface level or, you know, we're hanging on to people because of different versions of ourselves. And mm-hmm. sometimes it just can't relate. It just doesn't really align anymore. So, I mean, the, the people that I typically spend my time and energy with now is significantly different than it was earlier on. And that doesn't mean I don't love those people um, anymore or any less than I used to. But a lot of it has just shifted in terms of, you know, you can only give your time and energy to so many people in both ways, both people wanting to spend time with me and me resonating with them as well as me and who I choose to reach out with and spend my time with as well. Yeah, this year I decided I was going to be very intentional about who I spent my time with because I spent so many years trying to fit in with people that I just, you know, last year I was like, I thought I was authentic. I thought I had, you know, it all together. And then I realized I was still, there was still like a small group of people I was trying to impress. I'm like, you know what, I'm done. And so this year has been so freeing, just being intentional about those people I want to spend time with, you know, those people that you're talking about that you align with and that you resonate with. That's, 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 um, what like popped this in my head was like, that's what I I'm doing too this year is like those people I align with and I resonate with, I'm spending time with the other people. I'm just too damn busy. (laughs) Yeah. 2018 has been a year of creating space, you know, in all areas and friendships has been a big part where I've just been really consciously choosing what kind of relationships I want to grow, which ones I want to cultivate. And for me, it's also triggered a lot of healing as well, because um, from junior high onwards, I was bullied significantly. I really struggled with suicidal thoughts. I switched schools three different times. And that was really traumatic for me into early womanhood as well. And even getting into entrepreneurship, like I had serious issues of not being good enough, not being worthy, you know, major fears of being seen, being heard. So to go through all of this has really made me get clear on what kind of people I want to surround myself with and has forced me to, again, like get out of my own way in terms of thinking that, oh, like this person won't want to be my friend or this person's probably going to think I'm this. And eventually you just kind of have to get over the fear of being judged because people are judging us anyways. And it's really none of our business what they think about us. That's true. What has helped you shift from that? Because maybe people are listening and they're thinking, that's nice, Jenna. I'm so glad you're able to shift that, but I cannot, I'm stuck in this like mentality that, you know, people don't like me. I was bullied growing up. I don't know what to do. And I feel like I constantly have to be something else just to fit in. I would say my biggest piece of advice is first just remembering and always circling back to the fact that you are indefinitely abundantly worthy. Like everybody is worthy. There's nothing out there that makes somebody better than or worse than. I mean, the people that typically bully is usually because they have something else going on themselves. So part of it is healing ourselves and seeing like, why do we not feel worthy? Like what is triggering that about us and looking for evidence of how we actually are good enough and taking a look of, well, who does love me in my life and who does show up for me and who does support me and use that as evidence of, oh, like I actually am worthy. People do believe in what I have to say. And as you start to kind of expand your circle, like if, if it feels scary to just start dropping people like flies out of your life and not care about what they think, it's not always that easy. So I always say, start first with expansion, like start looking for the people who do believe in you and that you do want to surround yourself with. And naturally the other things will just fall away. And just like you said, it's a muscle. So it didn't just immediately go overnight. Like it was such a progression and an evolution, but it's kind of like that daily consistent action of just not giving up and realizing that 
if you want to grow, you have to get uncomfortable. And to me, I'd rather be uncomfortable and go through the healing and through the growing and the shifting in order to move in at least the direction of where I want to go than to stay stagnant. Like I'm so far out of my comfort zone with my life now that it would be uncomfortable for me to just go back to that place of fear and discomfort. Like I could just never go back to it because my muscle has gotten so strong now, but it wouldn't have unless I just started putting myself out there and just terrifying myself and feeling like I'm going to pee my pants and puke, but doing it anyways. Cause like the longer term vision about it was worth it to me. I know. And I think back to old Megan, like even five years ago, I'm like, Oh gosh, if I had to go back to being her, that would be so uncomfortable. I would feel yeah. like, I feel like I'm a butterfly now. Back then I was like a caterpillar. Like I've already had my wings and everything, you know, yeah. it's, it is, it is very uncomfortable. And you've talked several times about healing. What kind of action steps did you take to help yourself heal? Because healing can, that can be, it can be time consuming. It can be hard. I know I said to my therapist not too long ago, I was like, can I go back to being blissfully ignorant about all of the things? And she's like, no, that's not how that works. Cause it's, it can be painful, right? It's, yes. it, it can be difficult. So what action steps have you taken? Uh, a whole lot of things for sure. And it's, again, it's been like this evolution of everything building upon everything else. So, I mean, in the very beginning, healing for me was starting, I started with my physical body. And at the time for me, that was starting to not eat fast food every day and just be more mindful with my eating, which prompted me to start losing weight, which prompted me to have more energy, which prompted me to, even though I was terrified of the gym and I was always the awkward girl at school that would skip going to class and everything else because I was terrified that, you know, I get hit in the face with a ball and people would laugh at me and, and all this ridiculous stories I created, you know, I decided to I remember at the time, go to the gym and you'd get a free session with a personal trainer, which is actually now one of my best friends. And I remember Yay. I went in, yeah, I went in and they would do like a free assessment for you to see like what your fitness level was at. And I remember she was like, do a squat. And I asked what that was. I had no idea. Like I had zero body awareness and no idea, but that was a starting point. And so I allowed myself to be supported for one. You know, I didn't just go in by myself because I did that for about a year where I'd go on the elliptical for 20 minutes and look around and feel awkward and embarrassed. And then I'd leave. And eventually I realized like I needed people to cheer me on and support me and guide me. So that was a big thing. So the personal training and starting with the physical, which then led me to more confidence and starting to think more about my mindset and all of those things, which from there got into entrepreneurship and into that started building upon different things. Like I went and got my holistic nutrition training, life coaching. Um, I started going to retreats, you know, I got Reiki certified and it was just one thing after another that as I learned to apply it to myself, I could apply it to other people. And a lot of the time I find what we're so drawn to do for others is because it's super relevant for us at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a really cool thing, though, where I was able to start building a career and help others because I was so driven by that. But I was able to start healing myself in the process. And I just was so consumed with reading books and listening to podcasts and journaling. And it was so many things that can seem so small that we skip over. But it was totally transformational for me when I start to put them all together. Yeah, I completely understand. I might start out with physical too. So my first uh, foray into entrepreneurship was as a fitness coach, because that's what had helped me. And then I realized 
my clients were struggling to meet their goals because of their environment and their life. So then I became a life coach and then my life coaching clients are having like, have had some really deeper rooted issues. And I'm like, now I'm going to school for psychology to be a licensed psychologist because it's been one thing after another, but all those same things have helped me, right? Therapy completely transformed my life. Any of my audience members that have been listening for a while know that I mention it all the time on the podcast So it was kind of the same transition. It was one thing, you know, first it started out with being a fitness coach and then that got me into podcasts and books and then Mm -hmm. therapy and then all of these things where it's just been this complete transformation. And of course, like anybody else, you know, you and I, we still have room to grow and everybody does. Anybody listening that's like, do you guys think you've made it? No, we haven't made it. There's still room to grow. (laughs) I feel like it's like, um, you know, once you peel off one layer, there's another layer underneath that you've got to work on and you've got to learn, grow and improve upon whenever done doing it. So you said you got into doing all these, all these things because they really helped you. So break that down for us. What when it came to, you said first that you got into holistic nutrition, like why? Like, was there a specific thing that triggered you to want to get into that? Like you personally, something you experienced? Yeah. So, and and it's so true what you said, like everything built upon each other. So the first thing for me was actually a network marketing company, which I still use the products today, even though that's not me my too. main business focus. Amazing. <laughs> and so it's not my main focus, but it was like the catalyst of everything because at the time I had tried this, I had tried that, like I had done every kind of diet under the sun. So when I found something that was more of a lifestyle for me, and then I also saw this vision of entrepreneurship, I started going to events, like for me, that was a catalyst. And I just totally started geeking out on the nutrition side of things. I was feeling better. And it was this vehicle where I was like, oh, I could finally see myself doing something else. And so I totally threw myself into it, started taking certifications. I was at this time working with my personal trainer and losing weight. And then I thought, this is my kind of stepping stone to getting out of corporate. And I got certified to use up all my vacation time to go and get (laughs) certified as a personal trainer and then started working at the gym where I'd lost all the weight. And I had a very similar experience to you. And for some reason, throughout my entire journey, the women that are always attracted to me, like even starting from the gym, was female entrepreneurs. So I had like 90% female entrepreneur clients at the gym I was working at. And then I would just see this connection though, where they'd come in and they'd say, Jenna, you know, I'm going to Mexico in 10 days. I'd like to lose 30 pounds. And I'd say, Sally, you can't do that. You know? And and so I would always see this thing of this cycle of people wanting to come in for this result and they wanted this action. And then they were just in this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And really then I started to see this connection to the mindset side of things and how it's just this vicious autopilot hamster wheel cycle where people aren't making lifestyle changes because they're not changing their thoughts and their surroundings and their influences. And so I would talk to my personal training clients about it. And a lot of them, it would just glaze right over because they were super fixated on this result. So eventually I exited from there and started doing life coaching and there was still online personal training in the mix. There was still the network marketing in the mix, but again, I was attracting all these female entrepreneurs. And so I got super focused working with my clients on their vision and what they wanted to create. Like I I believe that in network marketing, there's two main kinds of people or women that get attracted to it. And there's the women that they go all in, you know, network marketing is like their full-time thing. It's their passion. It works. And then there's this like more multi-passionate group of us where 
it's more meant to be a stepping stone or a piece of the puzzle. It's not meant to be the one vehicle. And so I fell more into that and I was attracting women that were more like that. And they're like, but I don't know what to do and where to start. So I'd work with them on their vision, but then they'd finish the life coaching program and say, cool, I know what I want to do with my life and what I want to create, but now what? How do I create this business? Like, what's next? How did you do it? How did you quit your job? And so it just naturally fell into business coaching and I realized that I actually was the most passionate about that throughout and I kept attracting these women that were interested in entrepreneurship and I was kind of hiding for a while thinking maybe I'm not good enough and you know all the stuff that gets of course yeah that you know eventually I stepped into it and then that's when things exploded because I basically just built upon everything I've been taking everything I've invested in all the coaches I've worked with like it's been a progression over years but you start to realize even though you don't see it in the moment that everything is building upon each other to take you in the direction that you're meant to go in the bigger scheme of things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I try to tell people to be patient because they'll be like, I don't even know what I want to do. And I'm like, well, what are you interested in right now? Like if you're interested in this one thing right now, follow that. It's like um, one of the coaches I worked with said it's like breadcrumbs. You follow the, the breadcrumbs until the next thing. And then, you know, you keep going I would have never thought if you asked me five years ago that I would want to be a licensed psychologist, but yeah. now I, that's what I'm going to school for because I'm like, that's what I'm interested in. Cause it's like this, to me, it's like this open door. Like people don't seek out life coaches. Some people do, don't get me wrong. A female entrepreneur is definitely seeking out life coaches, but the general public women are not seeking out life coaches. They're seeking out a therapist. So yeah. to me, that's my foot in the door to be able to help transform women's lives because uh, they would be actively seeking out what I would be doing. Um, so I, I absolutely was completely inspired by my life coaching clients who said if they hadn't met me and knew me, they would have never worked with a life coach because they were like, I didn't even know what a life coach did. Yeah. You know? And that's why I'm hoping that people listening are, you know, are hearing you and I talk about this and then are like, oh, maybe life coaching is, that's somebody I should seek out because it can help transform my life in the way that Megan and Jenna are talking about. Or even like you said, now you're a business coach. So now you do business strategy and stuff like that, which I love because I get people all the time that are like, I need help with business. I'm like, I don't do that. (laughs) That is not my jam. I don't do that. So now you have built this business and you are a digital nomad. Tell me, tell us about that. Tell us a little bit. How did that happen? What's going on here? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, in regards to like what it is, I mean, it's definitely a hot term that I hear tossed around a lot. And I think for the average person, they hear digital nomad and we get this picture of like somebody in Bali on a beach and they work an hour a day from their laptop and they make millions. And I, I would for sure say it's not like that. I love going by the term more location independent. I mean, I am a digital nomad, but in regards to like what that is, it means I don't have a home base. I travel full time. I run my business while I'm traveling and grow it in the process. And to me, like to be an actual digital nomad, I mean, you're actually traveling and actually have a business, not just a project or something that you're saying you're doing. And how it came to be was really quite spontaneous. You know, I talked about it and thought about more adventure or traveling, doing something different for a while. And it's been a year and a half now and how it came to be was quite random. I was on a a drive with my fiance and we were just kind of talking about the future and I don't really know how it came to be, but somehow in a three hour drive, we had decided that even though we had just moved six weeks prior into a new townhouse, 
and I was still working at the gym. I was kind of dabbling in my coaching and the other stuff online, and he was doing some stuff locally. Somehow we just decided, screw it. Uh, let's go for it. When when is ever going to be the right time? Like, there's always going to be a thousand and one reasons right. not do it. And you know, we don't have a kid right now. Like, there's nothing really stopping us. Um, so within three weeks of that conversation, we found somebody to take over our lease. We adopted a, a rescue dog. <laughs> we packed up everything and converted our Rav Four into basically a camping van and hit the road with basically no plan. At that point, I was still in debt. I, I definitely don't suggest if you're listening to this that you necessarily just do it overnight <laughs> while you're in debt with no plan. I definitely learned a lot of things on the beginning of, of this adventure for sure. Um, but that's basically where it started was us just going, no real plan. And it's evolved quite a bit from from now in terms of like where we are, how we travel, like what it looks like day to day. But we, we just hit the road and just kind of went for it, which was honestly the best thing I've ever done. It skyrocketed my business. It strengthened our relationship, really pushes you to grow as a person and, and face your own shit um, when you're, you know, in a totally new situation every single day. Yeah, I can imagine. So are you guys just traveling nationally, internationally? What's going on? I mean, are you going to different countries? What, how are you doing this? Yeah. So the first, like the last year and a half has mostly been, we're Canadian, has mostly been inside of Canada. So we spent basically a year traveling Western Canada where we would do a total mix between camping, staying with friends and family, renting um, Airbnbs, renting motels. Uh, we did a short-term lease in a, in a ski town for a winter. So it was literally just all sorts of things, just feeling out what we thought we'd like to do. We did a 13,000 kilometer road trip in 20 days up to Alaska and back. So we basically drove from Montana to Alaska to bring our rescue dog to her forever home in the middle of Alaska <laughs> and drove all the way back. So it was a lot of driving, a lot of driving um, and just being constantly in a new place, which we realized that to build a successful business, you do need a little bit of structure. At least I do. Right. Um, you know, you need to think about consistent Wi-Fi. You need to have a bit of a plan. So now our travel style is more of a month at a time at Airbnbs. Most of the time we also do some house sitting, which actually is interestingly a viable thing because you get to have some animal snuggles and watch somebody's pet. And typically the homes are more clean, usually better um, Wi-Fi. So it just has been working really well for us. We do and kind you of probably make money off of that too. Actually, it, well, some some do. Most of them, because you would go on a website, it's kind of like Airbnb, you make a profile, oh, okay. and it's more in exchange. So you get free accommodations, and you watch that person's pet and basically get to live inside of their home. So oh. it's been great, because a lot of people will go away, and they're house-sitting somewhere or traveling somewhere for a month, and then we go and hang out with their cat or hang out with their dog, have their spare bedroom, get to use their home sometimes even use their vehicle and go and explore the local area. So for us, like digital nomading is like, we're true adventurous. Like we like to get off the grid. We go on backpacking trips. We do everything from an eco resort to an off the grid backpacking trip. So it's everything and in between. And this is kind of a new chapter for us because we are now starting to go to different countries. So I leave next week for California. Then we go to Australia, Bali, New Zealand, and then who knows from there. So it's a, it's a new chapter which is bringing up a whole lot of things for, for us to literally not have a storage locker anymore, leave my vehicle, which is like my safety 
net of familiarity at this point. You know, we don't have our dog now and we're going somewhere where we hardly know anybody on the other side of the world where it's kind of sink or, sink or swim time. So it's time for another up level. Yeah, that, that sounds like it. But like you said earlier, you got to get uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like an addiction now where I, I could never go back to the life that I had before. And I mean, in regards to, you know, having a corporate job or having a home base, there's nothing wrong with those things. We do plan on having a, a home base again in the future, but for the next year or two, we're just enjoying it before we get pregnant, before we move on to that kind of next chapter. But in the lifestyle that we live, I'm sure that we will still travel basically full time, but have a home base to go to in between things for sure. Yeah. And until, I mean, actually I shouldn't even say until your kids get in school because some people, if they homeschool, they travel all over. I, I know people who have children and they have, they live in an RV and they travel all mm-hmm. over the place. And I'm like, that is so cool. I would go crazy if I had to do that. Cause I'm very much an introvert and a homebody. <laughs> so I need, I need my place to go back to. Um, but I do think it's fascinating. We actually had somebody on the podcast Last year, I want to say her name's Sheena Jeffers, and her and her boyfriend are on a boat. They have a boat, and they're cool. traveling all over on a boat. It's um, they have a page called Seas Seas Life for Good. It's Seas as in like the sea, and they travel on a boat all over the place. And I'm like, that is so fascinating, like that you're able to do that. I'm sure uncomfortable, especially like you know, like you said, you're going to different countries. Have you ever been to any of the countries you're going to be traveling to? Nope. Not even the United States. Oh, we've been to the U.S. Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, in regards to like the other side of the world, I've been to Thailand. My fiance has been to South America, but we have not been to Australia, New Zealand, Bali. That's all super new for us. Yeah, that's super new. But I mean, being in the entrepreneur entrepreneur space, I'm sure you know lots of people who live in those areas. We do. And that's what's so cool. I love little synchronicities like that. Ever since we committed, bought our flights, made the decision to go over there, everything has just been pointing in that direction. Every single second person I talk to, I'm like, where are you? They're like, Australia. You know, we've already had invites to host a couple of events over there. We've bought tickets to go to some leadership events ourselves. We've made connections. House sits are falling into our lap. Like it's totally just everything points in that direction once we've made the decision to actually commit and go over there. So it's, it's exciting. It's scary, but super, super exciting as well. That synchronicity, it is something when you make a decision to do something and everything seems to like fall into place and like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Thank you, universe. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I mean, over even the last couple of months for us, we have had so many lessons. I like to think of them as trainings um, where, you know, we've had really bad house sits. We had our storage locker was infested with mice. Like we'd left all of our stuff in there and came back a couple of months later to pull things out. And we lost like 80% of our things. And those are the types of activities where I feel like a couple of years ago, I would have just been having a total meltdown. And now I'm just like, okay, well, you can't really change what's happened. And you have to carry on with things. Whereas before I would have just been so attached to the past and wronging myself and stressing myself out. And now I've just become very excited about the whole idea of minimalism, which coming from somebody that had a massive shopping addiction when I was in the corporate land every day when I was unhappy, I would go and I'd have to buy something to the point where between my weight loss journey and then 
turning into a digital nomad. I've donated over 40 garbage bags of clothes. Like it's just been insane. But now I get excited about minimalism and that it doesn't have to be, you know, living in a little mini house on some land and not having any wealth or resources. Like I'm excited about wealthy minimalism. Like you can have a minimalist lifestyle where you're being conscious about sustainability. And to me, it's more just about creating space. You know, creating space to actually enjoy the stuff that you have, the people that are in your life, the relationships you have, the when you have money that you can actually enjoy the stuff that you're buying with rather than just this addiction that we have in our society to just stuff and excess stuff that we're just full and we don't actually get to enjoy these things. And that's what it's really taught me is to appreciate all of it. And even the experiences like losing all of my stuff because of mice at a shady storage locker has shown me a lesson in every single instance. Well, and what a lot of people don't realize is we do end up with this shopping addiction because we're trying to fill a hole inside of ourselves, right? It's kind of like anything else, food, alcohol, drugs, shopping can be just as dangerous. I know because I've been there, you know, where I didn't know that I needed to heal. And there were parts inside of myself that are trying to make feel better by buying something pretty. And it mm-hmm. sounds obnoxious, but people listening might be listening and be like, yeah, that's me. Like when I feel upset or stressed out or angry, I shop. And then we end up with all this crap in our house and our closet that we don't really need. Yeah, the amount of excess stuff that I had is absolutely insane. And I'm still getting rid of things before we get ready to leave the country. It's it's crazy the things that we accumulate. And I look at a lot of it and most of it means nothing to me. Like I literally would just buy it to get that instant gratification high at the moment. So I wouldn't have to deal with whatever was actually going on. Yes, yes. I mean, besides like maybe some old baby books and old pictures, like and things I've been given by my grandparents, like a, a, maybe like a handful of things, something that could fit into like a cardboard box. A lot of the things are just like, meh, they're things, right? But we have like this extreme attachment to them. So I love that you're seeing now that they're really not that important. Absolutely. And, the, and it's nothing wrong with having things, but it's more of asking ourselves, like, how can we create almost more ceremony around it and more ritual and appreciation to enjoy the things that we have and so that means you know actually enjoying and appreciating your coffee mug that you have or the pictures that are on your walls like it doesn't really matter what it is it's all still just stuff but at least actually appreciating and having some sort of connection to the things that you have rather than just purchasing it for the sake of buying something I love that and I love that you have taken this whole journey from you know, being in the corporate world where you felt detached, you're in a toxic relationship, you you weren't feeling courageous, you didn't have a lot of self-esteem to now look at you, now you're like courageous enough to go and travel across the world, you're running your own business and helping other people, you feel fulfilled. This is the kind of thing that I love to highlight on the podcast because I want women listening to see, you know, you can get out of whatever you're in. There, It is possible I mean, it's going to take time. Like you said, it's taken several years for you to get from there to here, but here you are. And so as we wrap up the podcast today, Jenna, is there anything that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Yeah. The number one thing I could say, if you're listening to this and you take one thing away from what we've talked about is to literally keep going. 
And I know sometimes we hear that and we're like, okay, I know, you know, I've heard this before, but literally keep going because sometimes when you're in the trenches, it does not feel like you're moving forward. But I promise if you keep taking action, even if it's small, if you just take what I call inspired action, don't take random action. And, you know, I call it the spaghetti method where you're throwing stuff at the wall and hoping that it sticks, but just at least getting some clarity in what direction you want to go. And like Megan said, ask yourself, what excites me right now? And go in that direction at the very least and just keep going. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's scary, even if you're taking the smallest action, one step at a time in that direction, like I promise that you'll look back in so it's three months, six months, a year from now, and you'll see that you've actually made massive movement in the direction that you want to go. And it's really a combination of tiny, small little leaps and steps. And then sometimes you're going to take a big leap and then it's going to be more small steps. And it's stuff where you just actually have to connect to yourself and realize that it doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to, how many books you read, how many coaches that you hire, how many therapists you work with. These are all tools to help you, but you still have to intuitively ask yourself like what feels good and what makes sense and what's aligned for me. And then use all of these other tools that you're implementing and surrounding yourself with to help guide you and help you make the decisions and help empower you. But don't rely on them when you already, already know the answer within yourself of at least what direction to be going. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Like I, I think a lot of times people think, you know, it's going to be this magic thing that happens. I'm going to hire the coach. I'm going to see the therapist. I'm going to do the thing, but they don't take the action and they don't realize like, if you don't actually change, you don't actually pivot, you don't actually, you know, take that action. You're going to be exactly where you are a year from now. Just broker less money because now you've spent yeah. it on all the books and life coaches and therapists and everything that you didn't take the action. So I love that you're saying like, go and do the thing. Like, yeah, you know. like be the change that you're looking for and use all of these things, but just be conscious and aware of what's contributing to you being full. Cause I think we're in a very info overwhelmed world where yes. You can have all this information, but if you're not implementing any of it, it does not matter. All you're doing is making yourself feel inadequate, feel not worthy. Like you're just going to be triggering those things for yourself. Whereas if you pick a couple of podcasts or a couple of books or a couple of people that you want to surround yourself with, and then you actually follow those steps and you take the action is going to move you a lot more faster, a lot more in the direction you want to go than if you have a hundred different things that, and none of them are really tangible because it's just too much. So simplify, pick a couple of things and then follow those action steps and move in the direction rather than just info overwhelming yourself where I, I think of it as being, you know, analysis by paralysis. Like it's just too much. Yes. I mean, we do see info coming at us all the time. And I tell people exactly what you said, Jenna, is you got to you know, follow what resonates most with you. Like if something, if somebody, I don't care if they're the expert, the guru, guru, the person that everybody's saying you need to listen to, if they're saying something that doesn't feel right, then maybe it's just not right for you. So yeah. I, I love that you pointed that out, Jenna. I love that. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to link up all the ways people can connect with you. And I hope everybody will take the opportunity to do that. But I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I love just jamming out on my journey and just talking a little bit about how people can get from point A to B because it doesn't have to be that hard. We just create these stories that 
you know, other people can do it, but we can't. But the truth is everybody that's listening to this can do whatever the thing is that you want to do. You just have to believe that you're capable and that you're worthy of it. So keep listening to the podcast, keep doing the things that inspire you and just listen to the messages of the women that are sharing and that Megan is talking to because you are just as worthy and capable as them. So I appreciate you letting me come on and contribute to the message that you're spreading. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.